There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. The Yankees have swept the Twins. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. And here we go. Welcome inside edition number 167 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award-winning, yes, as the Open States, if only in my own mind. You know the drill. I will beg you. I implore you. I might even pay you to rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat. And please make sure your family and friends know all about this pod. If you wouldn't mind, you can even just send them the link of how you listen, whether that be via your favorite podcast machine or maybe you're now watching on YouTube. However you find the pod, I really appreciate you making time for me each and every week. If you're listening on that Score North Taxi Squad feed, thank you. I also encourage you to subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Sticking with the familiar format of one guest today, that one guest is Mr. Gophers Guru and Vikings Corner himself, Daniel House at Daniel House NFL on that fine Twitter machine. How you doing, buddy? Great to see you. Great to see you soaking up the off season, working on some projects, big story dropping next week, hinting on that. That'll be a fun one for people to read. Well, forward to it. do tell, can we have like a 10 second teaser? I I can't give you any teaser on this. Oh, wow. It's that, it's that good. It, it, it'll, it's, it's going to be a good one. Oh, I want to know who the source is. I can't are. give away, I can't give away any information. It's, it's just a, it's a feature though. I can tell you that. Okay. Much. All right. We're gonna, I'm not going to say with who. We're going to do things a little bit differently today, Daniel. Typically, I'll close the podcast with things like five filler questions, house maintenance, any fun little gimmicky bit that I've come up with. But it is, I don't want to say it's the the downright doldrums. I know I said this the last week or two. Because it really isn't, but in all honesty, it is a slower time for sports, even though the Twins are playing pretty much each and every day. Timberwolves done, Wild done, Vikings working on OTAs and mini camps. But, you know, it's just it's kind of that season. There's not a lot happening that is official. So we're going to start with house maintenance. And let me hit my hammer sound here. I'm working on a, on a bit for you too, an actual open. Where did I move this? Oh my! Where did I move this hammer to? Give me one second. There it is. I think this is it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, Daniel House. Um, we'll both take a crack at this one. Fix or tweak the name, image, and likeness in college athletics. So I did a lot of thinking here, Daniel. I I really did when I floated this to you yesterday that we would talk about this. This one, uh, there's just no good ways to fix this or tweak it. So my first thought was, well, let's put some form of cap in play by sport. And then if you go 
over the cap, you just have to pay the other teams and universities some money. Well, that's not going to fix anything because the Alabamas, the USC's of the world, the Texas's, they'll just go way over and they'll pay their little luxury tax and move on. And I kept trying to think of other ways. Is it you can only pay X amount of players? Could you try something like that? And the, the best that I could come up with, and I don't even think that this really fixes anything, Daniel, it would basically just be some form of, I don't even want to say penalty, but are there things you could do? And I don't even have this fleshed out because I, I just, what is happening right now, Daniel, I knew would happen from the get-go. I didn't think it would change the sport that much. I thought teams like Minnesota or universities like Minnesota could maybe have a bit more of a fighting chance. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you know the Blue Bloods are always going to pay what it takes, and that's going to price people like Minnesota out of the market. So circling back to where I started, Daniel, mm-hmm. I think the best thing you could do would be some form of a cap where some form of luxury tax gets paid out so then universities like Minnesota who have a lot of athletic department debt – could at least maybe take that money and essentially rob Peter to pay Paul. But I don't think that that levels the playing field on the field, on the court, on the ice in any which way. I think with NIL, no matter how you tweak this or try and fix it, the rich are going to get richer or at the end of the day, it's just going to stay the status quo and not a lot is going to change. Do you have any brilliant or half-brained ideas that you think could level the playing field a little bit more when it comes to NIL? Over the past month, I've had a lot of conversations with people in the business. And the one thing I would say comes up consistently is the idea of a salary cap of some sort. And maybe it's tiered. Oh, brilliant. It's tiered. So there's a certain amount of uh, money that can go to specific players on the roster but then again some people say uh you know does that create a thing where you know not everybody's being treated equally on the roster um also there's the talk of eventually down the road here just making the players employees and paying them and figuring out a structure to incorporate the cap the the a cap in that way NIL, the whole purpose of NIL is to allow players to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness, but it shifted into the pay for play. And you got the tampering of the portal going on. The portal plays into this a lot as well. We all talk about NIL, but the portal aspect of it is huge because what you have happening is players are getting calls from other schools with money being thrown their way. And they're saying, hey, come play for us. And it changes the landscape of not just we, we talk about it in, in the sense of college football, but like think about college baseball, for example, when Minnesota baseball was so successful a few years ago with with Max Meyer and Vavra and those players. You think about a southern school calling those guys, offering them an NIL package. They're coming into John Anderson's office and saying, hey, I got a chance to go play at a, at a Southern school, weather's warm, 
massive facilities versus a northern school like Minnesota. So there, the portal aspect of it, in my opinion, if you want to fix something, you know, sort of patch up what you got without making the salary cap jump, you focus on clamping down on the portal, regulating the portal and preventing situations where people are tampering with players. But how do you do that? You know, because everybody's doing it right now. So it's it's one of those moments where the regulation wasn't set in place. This thing got tossed out. And then the portal and NIL, there's weaknesses in both areas. And now you got to figure out which one you want to attack. You brought up a great point, by the way, so often, and I'm very guilty of this. You think of NIL, at least at the University of Minnesota, you think about it in three sports. You think football, basketball, and then hockey. Most Mm -hmm. major universities have two or three as well, football, basketball, And for a lot of them, you can sub in baseball, those Southern universities like you talked about. But NIL is literally every college athlete that plays any sport. So this is not just a Mm -hmm. football issue. Again, I mean, you throw in the other sports, hockey, basketball, baseball. Yeah, people think about it, but the biggest place that they think about it is college football. It is more than just a football issue. It is a college athletics issue. And that, I think, is what makes it so difficult. You may, in the long run, have to come up with a set of rules that applies to each individual sport. That's possible just because the dynamics are so different from sport to sport. And the situations are, you know, always going to differ slightly. And I don't know if there's a perfect solution just because now you have gone so far in this direction how are you going to pull back? And I, I've heard from people, they say eventually it's it will be the employee. You sign a contract, that whole realm of it comes into, into play here. Paying the players their name, image, and likeness makes so much sense. It's perfect. It's awesome deal. I've, I've heard a lot of success stories and talked to people about how NIL is going and how players are benefiting from it. And it, it's phenomenal. It, it's, it's outstanding. But I feel like the portal side of it is what makes this whole thing, you know, different than just name, image, and likeness and the pay for play side of it, because we know that it's it's occurring and the tamperings take place. Topic number two for house maintenance. We'll get back to uh, college athletics specifically. Golden Go for college football talking about the 2024 recruiting class. And I want to talk about the Golden Go for football schedule as well. But let's uh, jump outside of college. Let's do a little house maintenance on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's fix their roster or fix this organization in the offseason. House maintenance. How are you tweaking or fixing the Minnesota Timberwolves this offseason, Daniel? Or are you not? And I tee it up that way because I thought long and hard about this one as well. And here's what the side that I came down on. You want to go first? You go first. No, you go ahead. Okay. I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. I came down uh, on this side. If somebody offers you, I don't care where they would be because you know a team that's looking to acquire Carl Anthony Towns, any team, more than likely if they acquire him, it's going to be a team that's already pretty good. So they're acquiring their number two or number three in Carl Anthony Towns. That automatically puts the draft pick somewhere between late 20s, early 30s in the NBA. So if I'm going to do that, 
I don't think any team is going to be as susceptible as the Wolves were to giving up half their draft picks for the next 10 years, five first-rounders for Rudy Gobert. Do I think Cat, in the grand scheme of things, should be worth more than Rudy? Yeah, he probably should be, but that's not how the real world operates. So I would say if a team offers you three first-round picks, I think you just do the deal because you're recouping some of the assets that you gave up for getting Rudy Gobert, and you're not going to trade Rudy this offseason for pennies on the dollar. You're probably going to hold on to him for at least one more season. I do lean this way, and this pains me because I've said I thought Carl Anthony Towns would be traded this offseason. If I was in charge, I may not do that. Uh, I may try and see how this goes. If it spirals out of control again, you're only going to make because you bring back Cat and Rudy and you have Ant. You don't have a ton of money, so your roster kind of is what it is. But maybe I force a team's hand at the trade deadline if the Timberwolves are again milling somewhere around the play-in or lower than that if this thing just is not working out. However, the caveat would be if a team blows me away with a nice little player package and three-plus first-round picks, I would do it right away. So my way to tweak or fix the Minnesota Timberwolves, Daniel, is basically to not and punt on it in the offseason and try and string this thing along as far as possible unless a team is going to give you three-plus first-round picks. Then I think you have to do it because at some point, this is going to become less about trying to make it work with this group of players and more about building the team around Ant Edwards. I've heard theories both ways, uh, running it back, like you mentioned, or trading towns. I lean in the trade towns camp, especially if you can get a top pick this year where maybe Portland or Houston is willing to give you their pick at three or four. And you're able to get a guard like Scoot Henderson from the G league who, you know, I, I want to see the Wolves pick up a dynamic point guard. And now feels like the perfect time to do it when you have Mike Conley, who can mentor a young point guard along. Great and point. Build around, build around Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels and bring back Nas Reed, who when he got hurt and injured his wrist uh, or his hand or whatever he did, that was a huge development because he was playing at an extremely high level and the minutes that he provided were a huge lift. He's got so much energy on a defensive end he attacks the glass uh you know he's he's got a good jumper too for a big man i would trade towns just because it hasn't worked out just when you when i watch these games i get so annoyed with the in-game antics and and just like whining the whole game and that type of stuff isn't going to help your team be successful and so I'd, I'd get rid of it while you can still get something major for him and then build around Ant, Jaden McDaniels. I think you buy your own equity and credibility, too, with officiating in all sports. Some pitchers get pitches from umpires because, let's be honest, the umpire just likes the pitcher a bit more. Some hitters get calls from umpires. Players in the NBA, generally, the better player you are, you get more calls. Some get more than others. The ones that tend to get less calls are the ones that tend to always be complaining and in the ears of the officials. And it's not a constructive, 
hey, I thought I was doing this, or hey, why can't I get away with this? Why did he get this call and I didn't? It, it isn't that with Cat, and oftentimes that even gets picked up on cameras. And at this point, Daniel, and where I do agree with you is about a decade in, what is really ever going to change with Carl Anthony Towns? I, I, I know he, to a degree, wants to be here, wants to make it work, because that's basically the promise he made after Flip Saunders passed away. And I do get that, but things change, people change, situations change, and I wonder if maybe he at some point would see the value in just going somewhere else. But I I don't even know if that'll ever happen because I do think even if he is only the two or maybe a three on a really good team, Daniel, I think he's always going to view himself as a number one, and therein Mm -hmm. lies the problem. Well, and when you trade for Rudy Gobert and you have two bigs in a league that's smaller and spaces the floor, uh, you watch these teams play, that recipe doesn't feel like it worked. I mean, it's hard to evaluate it completely just because Towns missed so much time and you didn't get as many games, but I'm still a believer that the smaller lineup not having the two bigs is where the game is heading in the NBA. So I would do everything I could to make a move there. I remember, you know, the whole playoff thing where Anthony Edwards was going to Carl Anthony's Towns' house and having a conversation with him. And I'm just like, you know, come on, man. You shouldn't have to be doing that as a young player with someone like Carl Anthony Towns. And the amount of focus that is lost in these games by just getting upset about things, dial <laughs> yes. in and be a dial in and be a pro. That that's what drives me insane. You watch Anthony Edwards, he dials in. He's He's beyond his age in terms of maturity level and competitive fire. He's still learning. He's got things to to get better at. But you watch his competitive fire and his mindset. That's how you want to be when you're a star. Yeah, and shouldn't be going to any player's house or place of living who's been in the league four or five years longer than Ant has. What I do love about that is you know Ant will have the willingness to do that when it's the rookie that the Timberwolves have drafted or maybe the younger free agent that they brought in because he does have that leadership quality to him that I'm just not sure, and some guys just don't have it, so I'm not blaming Carl Anthony Towns for it, but from a distance, it just doesn't seem like Carl Anthony Towns does have it. One group who does have it, they bring their A game each and every day. It's Beans Coffee Company. It is now summer, finally. 90-ish degrees over the next week here in the upper Midwest. Time to get outside. Time to have some fun with your family, with your friends, your coworkers. Maybe it's a block party. Bring the friendly folks from Beans Coffee Company out. Yeah, that's right. They can be at your special event. Super simple. What do they have for you? It's great. They have a pop-up shop. And it's taking reservations. It can be at all those events. Hot coffee, if you like that hot coffee in the summer, I still do. Cold coffee, espresso drinks, drip coffee, and so much more. All available to you at coffeebybeans.com. Go there, get more information on that pop-up shop, and get registered to have them at your event. While you're there, don't forget, use that promo code SPORTSCHAT at checkout. You'll save on their great, great coffee. So many wonderful blends. They ship anywhere in the United States. Free shipping on all orders of $35 or more. 
visit coffeebybeans.com. That is coffeebybeans.com and get yourself some delicious drip coffee. Daniel House, looking at some of the names that the Golden Gophers have on their short list and high school kids across the country that have included the Golden Gophers on their short list. Hard not to be excited about that. I think we're starting to reach the stage in the P.J. Fleck regime where it's a lot easier for him to go into the living rooms of, I don't want to say well-established high school players because you never really know, but at least names that people are high on. And I don't want to rip people, but they're not going to the Ohio Bobcats of the world or the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns of the world. These are kids who are choosing between Miami, Oregon, Florida, some of these types of schools. It's a good place to be if you're the University of Minnesota. Still have to get them, still have to develop them, but your chance at success is is higher when you're getting that better grade of athlete. Yeah, and Minnesota's doing an outstanding job in-state recruiting as well. You look at someone like Coy Perich uh, from Esco, Minnesota, who I thought was one of the best film cuts that I watched of anybody across the whole country. I mean, it's a different level of play up there, but you look at the athletic ability, straight line speed, short area quickness, was you know busting off explosive runs as well on the other side of the ball. I like to look at how players... Uh, perform on each side of the ball. The more versatility you have, the better translation it is. And he was a very good basketball player. But the lower body explosiveness, ability to trigger downhill, the instincts, all those things, I was incredibly impressed with the film. He received so much interest from big schools. Like you mentioned, some of these guys are are getting the attention of a lot of high-profile programs. So I look at him being someone that Minnesota – just did an outstanding job of recruiting early on in the process. Rossi and Fleck going up to basketball games and making him a priority. Uh, it huge there. General themes about the class. You look at like Riley Sunram, Gide Abasiri, Mo Sane, all long, explosive uh, defensive linemen with versatility and move all over. Uh, that Those are a few traits that in general that stand out. And that's where you want to get with this pass rush. You want to have weapons that can move all over. I remember leaving last year's camp uh, at Minnesota and Riley Sunram was one of the best. He was the best player on the field and Minnesota offered him after the camp and then recruited him, kept building a relationship and now able to land him. I mean, lots of different developmental tracks that Sunram can follow because of his versatility. And then not only that, you look at someone like Zaheer Rayner from Virginia, a safety, again, another player who has outstanding versatility. One of his favorite players is Antoine Winfield Jr. So a big part of the process was selling that he can play that type of role within the system. Blitzer can kick inside of the nickel, come down in the box, do things for you. Just extremely versatile and athletic playmaker who is physical, too. He delivers some big hits across the middle. Uh, I just like the mix of players that that they've added thus far across position groups. Uh, I know the last player I really wanted to touch on was Drake Lindsay, quarterback from Arkansas, who's their 2024 get. I did a huge film breakdown on the website. One of my favorite ones I've done in the whole time that I've been covering the Gophers because I saw so many things that were advanced from him. He suffered a really, really bad injury early on in his high school career, patellar tendon tear, ended up sitting a year, 
comes back, and you could tell he was working. He can drive the football from the opposite hash, which is something that I look for on those corner routes and outbreakers, throws with very good anticipation. And that's a trait that every successful quarterback needs to have. I pulled one clip in the red zone where he moved defenders with his eyes, and you watch the whole second and third level of the defense move, and he's throwing it to a spot on a back end line in the red zone. And he got that ball right in there in perfect spot. And I saw a lot of throws where that anticipation showed up, moving defenders, that next level thinking side of it, and the ability to drive the football. So I'm a big fan of Drake Lindsay. I, I could talk a lot about these guys. We should do an episode just on each player, real quick hitters. But I like how this class is coming together. Definitely one that fans will enjoy for years to come. And th- now it's just all about rounding it out. I think sometime in early to mid-August, we'll do a season preview where we also maybe the front half talk about the season, the back half, we talk about more of these 2024 recruits. Uh, out of Rogers, four-star recruit defensive lineman, Wyatt Gilmore, I want to ask you about him. Mm-hmm. Only from the standpoint of his top five includes Kansas State, Oregon, Oklahoma, Miami and Minnesota is Minnesota in the mix here because it's the token thing that you do when you're from a state, you maybe keep them in the top three, top five, even if you're not going there, or is this a legit option for him? It's a legit option for him. The Gophers have built a relationship dating back a long time ago and the players within the class are instrumental in getting other players to join them. That's been one of the key takeaways that I've heard from people is the impact every other player committed in the class is having on players that are on the fence and and considering what they're going to do. You watch Wyatt Gilmore uh, bend and pad level in the drills that I saw last year while evaluating him live, fired off the ball, getting leverage, and the testing data supports it. 85th percentile broad jump, shuttle time in the 91st percentile. So you have all those athletic traits and the ability to move him all over. He gives you that like Lucas Van S developmental track type of player where you can play him on the edge, kick him inside, uh, you know, do different things to create mismatches because of his athletic ability. And so there are other programs in the mix here in Southern schools, like you mentioned, uh, is Oklahoma potentially a fit for him? Uh, I know Kansas State, you know, liking the idea of playing in a, in a three, three, five type of defense. Uh, But you know, Wyatt Gilmore early on, the, the Gophers have built relationships with him. And, you know, they're trying to get a pass rush that's dynamic. And they've done a nice job of that. Now, if they could finish the deal with Wyatt Gilmore, it'd be, a, it'd be a nice gift for him. So we'll close here and I will put out the disclaimer. I generally don't like playing the schedule game because you just don't know how a team is going to look when you see them. Some teams, when you play them, they might be perceived as not a very good team at the beginning of the year, but if you get them at the end of the year, maybe they figured things out a little bit and they're functional. Sometimes a team that you think is going to be really good suffers from a fair amount of injuries and they're just not very good. Look at Michigan Mm -hmm. State last season. However, when you look at the Gopher schedule this year, Some of that goes out the window when you play again. I hate using this term, but I'm going to use it again. The quote-unquote blue bloods like Michigan and Ohio State, where you could basically make an argument they could lose all 22 starters and still be better than most teams that they're going to play. So CBS Sports says that the Gophers have the third toughest schedule in college football this upcoming season. And I think Mm -hmm. it backs up my point on something that I've said. 
I think the Gophers season is going to be how it's going to come down to how they play in nine games versus three. And I've said this before. I'm hoping to be wrong. I just don't see much of a chance that you're going to win at North Carolina, that you're going to win at Ohio State. Why am I blanking? The horseshoe. Thank you. And then that you would beat Michigan. If you're going to win one of those games, I waffle between Michigan and North Carolina. Maybe North Carolina, you surprise them early. Maybe Michigan, Mm -hmm. you get them because it's at home. But logic would tell me you're 0-3 right there. So your path to getting to bowl eligibility is the is the other nine games. And, and I said this before, or a couple of weeks back, had it on Twitter a few weeks ago too, at the Ross Brendel. I think if this team gets to six and six, it's a bit of a heist. Some of the blowback was, oh, setting expectations low early. And, and I would say no, this this in theory is going to be a difficult schedule. So if this team that is I don't want to necessarily say rebuilding because they're not, but they're probably mm-hmm. not as far along as you would like them to be with those three teams that I named on the schedule. I would take six and six. Yeah, it this schedule, here's what I'll say about the schedule is there are a lot of unknowns with some of these programs as well. Wisconsin making a huge offensive change. I'm working on a piece right now diving into the air raid and just analyzing what fans can expect as Wisconsin, Purdue, both will be running it. North Carolina on Minnesota's schedule, Chip Lindsey, Phil Longo left North Carolina, went to Wisconsin. Chip Lindsey's taken over and is going to run the air raid, but amp up the physicality of the run game is, is sort of the core belief there. But I go through, Ross, and I believe the start of the season is key. Nebraska first game of the Matt Rule era, offensive line play and defensive line play killed Nebraska last year. Nebraska averaged 14 pressures allowed per game, fifth percentile among FBS offensive lines. They were just dominated up there. They couldn't stop the run, getting beat up front on both sides of the ball, especially as the game progressed. So I look at that game being able to win in the trenches, do things up front. That will be an X factor. Eastern Michigan last year. Fourth most penalties in college football, second most penalty yards, uh, built their team around uh, field position, long drives, good early down success. Uh, The secondary brings back some talent, but they were really, really bad uh, when teams got inside the 40-yard line against them. So that's something to watch for uh, efficiency-wise. Uh, you could definitely uh, exploit some things there if they don't improve. And North Carolina's defense, I I have major league questions about North Carolina's defense. I studied a ton of film the last month or so. Last year, no pressure on a quarterback, poor run defense, allowed a lot of explosive plays, defense inside the 40-yard line stunk, poor turnover margin, one of the worst in the, in the country in that area, a lot of new faces in that secondary. So – Drake May leading away on offense, lost Josh Downs. Defense has a lot of question marks. Early in the season, maybe you're catching North Carolina at a good time, but I say early on, you got to start strong. If you can get through those first five games and have a lot of success entering Michigan, you play Michigan by week and then play Iowa, who I think Iowa did a lot of good things in the transfer portal, Ross, positioning themselves to make some improvements. What will that offensive scheme look like? How do they – handle some of the heat that they've been taking. Uh, will Brian Ferentz achieve the incentives in his contract? Uh, there's a lot of fun storylines, Ross. Uh, Illinois going through some change as well. 
Uh, that defense lost a ton of studs. Maybe one of – I don't know why we didn't talk more about how good that defense was. Getting ready for the draft, I'm like, Illinois last year, unbelievable defensive talent. That will go down as one of the better defenses in the Big Ten West in recent memory. I ask you this, Daniel. I say this facetiously so you don't even have to answer. Gophers at Kinnick, Gophers taking on Iowa. What could go wrong, I ask? What could go wrong? Maybe the question should be, what could go right? Maybe that's the question. House, uh, 10 seconds or less. Is my guy Pat Fitzgerald going to be awful again? A lot of work to do. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of work to do, man. That's what I'll leave it at. You want a 10-second answer? A lot of work to do. What's at gophersguru.com that you can talk about? I have a piece on Nathan Roy, McQuanago, Wisconsin, made the top three. Learn more about how he fit with the Gophers uh, podcast here. Uh, another piece of content dropping early next week that you want to check out. And then, uh, you know, just player evaluations, getting ready for the season, studies dropping. Uh, this, I, I'm having fun uh, building some stuff behind the scenes here. Thanks, bud. You're the best. Appreciate it. Have a good, have a good week. That is at Daniel House NFL on the Twitter machine from GophersGuru.com. I am Ross Brendel at the Ross Brendel on the Twitter and Instagram machines. Thank you so much for listening. I truly do appreciate it. We'll talk again real soon.